Always <laughs> different. We just got a notification at the place where I work that so many people didn't realize we would be gone so long, and so they just would leave their snack drawers unattended. So now the building has a huge rodent problem. Oh. <laughs> but I mean, people have been advised to come back and clean their offices. I knew COVID would bring back the Black Plague. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, all. <laughs> It's it's just retro. Everything's new again. <laughs> it's a throwback, man. Yeah. <laughs> Roughly 24 to 92 hours ago, Stab's team of comedy scientists commissioned three specific humorists to give various potentially comedic takes on several random topics, which they will now perform for the first and likely last time in front of a live studio audience in a show called... Stab. Welcome to the Stab Show. Let's get right to the point. Oh, God! How have we missed that tagline for so long? Anyway, uh, let's meet tonight's panel. Uh, our first panelist eats lightning, craps thunder, and has a doctor's appointment Monday to get that checked out. He's the host of Willie Listen. It's Willie Travis. Our second panelist could do a cartwheel right now if he wanted to, but he doesn't have to prove shit to you. He's Hangtown's future sugar daddy. It's John Morris Ross IV. And our third panelist knows for sure she's not going to finish all of this can of whoop-ass she just opened. She's a fantastic stand-up comedian. It's Rhoda D. Ramon. And I'm your host, Jesse Jones. Remember to operate me only in a well-ventilated area. Good evening, everyone, and welcome to Stab... The show that asks the questions, huh, and buh, huh, but rarely ever answers them. Let's meet tonight's panelist, Willie. Hello, Dad. <laughs> hey, buddy. How you doing? Doing very well. Thank you for asking, man. Oh, that was of good. course. Of course. I mean, it's sort of an obligation. It would be weird to start mm -hmm. a sentence uh, any other way. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for using real sentences with me, Justin. I appreciate that. It's just, hey, Willie. <laughs> Fart baskets. I don't know. There's there's generally an ebb and a flow to a conversation. <laughs> and we started with greetings and pleasantries. Uh, no, good to see you, Willie. Likewise. Thank you, sir. Thanks yeah. for having me on here, man. Of course. How's life treating you? Very good. Um, just got back from Mississippi. Always nice to visit, you know, your your hometown and and where you come from and why you left. So <laughs> yeah. that was good. Um, but yeah, man, doing doing well, you know. Glad to be riding. Glad to be here. You know, it's been a while. Glad to have you. And naturally, anytime we uh, we see you around again, people in the chat wondering when's Willie Listen coming back. Oh, you want to know? <laughs> we'll keep pestering Willie, and we'll get him back around here, faux show. Uh, well, cool. Glad to have you uh, <laughs> back from from the eighteen hundreds. <laughs> it is indeed the past. <laughs> well, I'm glad glad you made it back out of the sip. Uh, <laughs> welcome. Uh, somebody in the middle here, not familiar with this, uh, um, John something. John, how are you doing, sir? I'm doing well. I'm also in my own little Mississippi up here in Placerville, <laughs> yeah. the Mississippi of California. 
Yeah. Uh, so yeah, it's it's nice. It's cold. Uh, there's trees, and yep. uh, places to drink. So that's good. Sure. I mean, a place doesn't get a nickname like Hangtown because it's a great place to be. Uh, <laughs> it's it, yeah. It, it's not a surfing community. Uh, they're not <laughs> they're not talking about hanging loose. No. Uh, you don't know that. <laughs> we surf all the time over here, city boy. Borchan, we surf it. <laughs> I gotta get my anon somewhere, boy. Oh, <laughs> uh, it's 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 it's, uh, it's 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 bad here. Yeah. Well, <laughs> and it. Uh, but there uh, are nice. There's there's people uh, on the on the sure. skirts that it's it makes it. Livable, yeah. What was that? What did I just heard of? Yeah, and and though you're cropped out pretty well, I can let people know that you are coming to us from his own quaint little uh, like like Irish pub, is what it looks like. I'll I'll do this for you. (laughs) Okay, that's an actual house. Is that better? (laughs) It it looked like you made your own. uh, (laughs) Looked like you made your own club, like Stephen Ferris. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> aren't you glad i'm not fixing something right now <laughs> i don't know <laughs> that uh, that fireplace that, that that pipe connected nothing uh <laughs> just billows smoke into that room uh just up to the kids room <laughs> well welcome john looking Thank forward you. to seeing what you got on the other side of the panel um uh, and uh rhoda hello good evening hey there good to see you again as always of course so happy to be here uh aside from i can't remember if that was part of the show or pre-show uh (laughs) aside from the uh the wildlife reclaiming your your office how else how else has your week been I'm just really excited to get back to nature. Once I get back to work, I, I imagine that I'll be like, you know, Cinderella, just teach the mice how to do my work and my filing and stuff like that. I think yeah. that'll be really good. Yeah, I was, I was definitely thinking the, the, yeah, the Snow White angle. You're just gonna, just gonna whistle and sing, and uh, you're just gonna have chipmunks typing out all yeah. of your. <laughs> exactly, gonna gonna teach him how to send my memos for me. It's gonna be so magical. Well, happy to have you back, Rhoda. And Willie, John, let's get this thing going. Starting off with segment one, because it's highlighted up here right underneath the title. On That's how it works, behind the scenes, inside baseball. Uh, please take the following acronym and reimagine it. Who or what might it now represent? There are varying degrees of fucked up. Not all situations are so bad as to be foobar, fucked up beyond all recognition, but just as much, sometimes things are worse than a little snafu, or situation normal, all fucked up. That's where you get the middle ground of tarfu, or things are really fucked up. In the military, you have to know where on the fucked scale you fall. There are important distinctions. But here at STAB, we know nothing's ever too fucked, so forget about all of that. And tell me what else TARFU, T-A-R-F-U, might stand for or represent to you. Willie Travis, what is your TARFU? I am Els TARFU, <laughs> overseer of the Ninth Divide in the Third Regiment of Planet. 
And your planet, as minuscule as it may seem, is the driving force and basis of our very own economical war market. For you see, our ideas of war are completely different. For example, our war, which has taken place for eons, has been psychologically and physically slain and taken lives of countless mental terrors that will rock the very foundation that you question mortal physical and bodily harm accompanied by technology that keeps you alive and present mm -hmm. as you suffer unimaginable levels of pain and torture and what you call war is like a farmer's market to us <laughs> it is cute and i should note that cute for us is different as well meaning something <laughs> a lot cuter than what your mortal mind can imagine <laughs> with pastel colors and plush beyond your comprehension. Like an interdimensional jellyfish that meets a space odyssey that meets Care Bears, but cuter. Long alien story short. We, <laughs> we are here to let you and your people know of our world's plan and that everything will be <laughs> trained and repurposed to feature underdog. <laughs> you have heard correctly. Everyone in this quadrant will have monitors implemented into their bodies as to so our around the clock observers may remain entertained while watching you as well as 1964 American cartoon underdog. <laughs> we assure that the mass implementation will be seamless and a complete horror for you all. Thank you, and I love you, which means thank you for the vessel in our language. <laughs> Willie Travis. Plus beyond all comprehension. <laughs> <laughs> all right, and we'll, uh, we'll get this show sent off to Ubisoft and Blizzard. Uh, right away, so you can be voicing the next villain in whichever game they're sending out next. Yeah. <laughs> Should, cute. Shouldn't you be giving me some sort of a quest in war in, in World of Warcraft or something? Are you trying to level up in that? <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Willie. Uh, it's plush beyond my comprehension. I can't even begin <laughs> to compre comprehend how plush this is. All right, John, let's break your reverse stab cherry. I'm not sure how this works. <laughs> let's hear your T-A-R-F-U. All right, get ready for a bad voice. <laughs> Coming up. All right. Exhausted from the past, the two past days of harassing your female shipmates, you and your COVID discount travel bro, Tom, exit the quarter full Carnival cruise ship and find yourselves facing the white sand beach. It's lined with all the corporate anchor tenants you recognize from your hometown. You know, maybe I shouldn't be telling this story. Let's get a little bit of help from someone who was there. You find yourselves facing a white sand beach. Okay. Lined with the corporate anchor tenants you recognize from your own hometown. Sorry, Willie. Lincoln, <laughs> Nebraska. <laughs> Island of Jamaica, where a world of wonder awaits. 
The smell of diesel fuel and cigarettes fills the air as you belly up to the outside self-serve pina colada bar of the Applebee's Jamaica. Before heading to the all-you-can-eat jerk chicken stick at the Chili's Jamaican, Jamaica, you drunkenly mutter to your travel bro, Tommy, we should get out of this rich part of town and go mingle with the real people. Mm-hmm. The natives will find some ganja. The two of you wander around, finding your way down a dark alley. You look back at the safe city you came from, and the bustling sounds that you were familiar with have faded. Either side of the alley is thick with jungle. Bright eyes appear and disappear in its depth. Toucan calls, screech through your head, rattles hiss in and out of rhythm. The sound takes control of your body. A trance takes you in and out of consciousness. You try to force yourself to throw up and make it stop, but you can't. Your throat won't allow it. A vignette of darkness slowly closes around you. You both fight and welcome the dark. Your tongue begins to grow thicker and thicker and thicker. And thicker. A cloud of hair mopping back and forth over your face is the last thing you remember before succumbing to the confusion. The next morning you wake up on a cold, wet, mud-floored hut. Despite being with your best travel bud, you somehow feel alone. Tommy looks your way, but you quickly shun his gaze. What's wrong, buddy? What happened last night? Tears begin to fall from your heavy eyes. From behind your thick, thick, thick tongue, you hardly, you could hardly reveal last night's fervent agenda. Come on, man, what's going on? What happened, man? What happened last night? Tarfu. <laughs> what's Tarfu, man? Please, please, what does Tarfu, what does Tarfu mean? Tommy, a Rastafarian fucked us. <laughs> yeah. yeah. The end. There it is. <laughs> there we go. Yeah. <laughs> Sounds about right. Um... <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I, I mean, I know you said a lot there, but yes. um, <laughs> I did. for almost the entirety of it, I couldn't, I couldn't not see you as a small red crab. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I get that a lot. Yeah, no. <laughs> uh, that that voice certainly <laughs> sent me under the sea. Uh, <laughs> Into somewhere for sure. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's good. Everybody's breaking out the voices. Rhoda. <laughs> no pressure. No pressure. Uh, Rhoda. Mm-hmm. Let's hear, shall we? Your tarfu. Mine is very short and sweet this evening. Nice. You ever see a sexy woman, you want to let your friend know she's looking fine, but you also don't want to insult her with basic cat calls. You don't want to insult her femininity, anything like that. Uh, well, especially with cancel culture and all that going on. Now you can come original and change it up a bit. The next time you see a fine looking female, you don't need to scare her with sexual innuendos. You just speak to your homeboy in code. You say, mm-mm, tar food. He'll know that's good for badass, really freaky unk, and then everybody's happy. The end. Straight to the point. <laughs> Gotta let unk know it's that ass food. is freaky. That ass really freaky unk. <laughs> it's good to know. It's 
good to keep that's that. That's how I let my mom know my dad's, how my mom lets me know my dad's in a bad mood. <laughs> <laughs> so many varied uses. <laughs> Thank you, guys. Uh, that's segment one. Segment two, topical haiku challenge. Please write three haiku each on the following news story. An Irish litter warden told the son about some of the unusual items he's been collecting, strewn across the Meath countryside, including a suitcase filled with 40 sex toys of all descriptions and 22 black bags of cannabis plants. Litter warden Alan Nolan told the son, I love my job, but some I have thought about doing an Irish accent, but it quickly became Scottish. Uh, I, <laughs> I love my job. But some days you just wonder about the mindset of people and how they can continuously destroy the countryside and legacy of their children. It is baffling. There it is. <laughs> Haiku away. Uh, Willie. So we'll go one, 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 around the horn a couple times, one at a time. Willie, let's hear your fi first haiku on this subject. <coughs> Unzips suitcase. <clears throat> I've got dildos, dongs. Looking for butt plugs, good bud? I think I know a guy. <laughs> it's always good to have a butt plug guy. Uh, <laughs> John, your first haiku. All right, the title of this one is Other Irish Jobs. Uh, curator of shite. Bad arsehole custodian. <laughs> Deacon of the dead. <laughs> nice. We managed to get an Irish accent in there. Uh, Rhoda, your first haiku about uh, roadside rubbish. I want my stuff back. <laughs> Why is this man so judgy? Please, give it all back. <laughs> just, just didn't strap it tightly to the car and it just... <laughs> All the potholes in Ireland, it's bound to happen. You know, sometimes that acid just really freaky, <laughs> It's a suitcase and 22 baggies freaky, Unc. We're uh, <laughs> getting tarfoo up in her. Uh, Willie, haiku number two. Hard Papa, worked hard. I know of long days. Hard molds, the sticky, icky. <laughs> oh yeah, that was five. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I'm also counting these with my left hand, Jesse. <laughs> the sticky, icky. Okay. <laughs> John, haiku to go. Uh, second haiku, haiku is uh, titled "Things That Alan Nolan Loves." I love to meet family. I couldn't live without me trash. To hell with your cooks. <laughs> yep, okay. <laughs> <laughs> to hell with your cooks. <laughs> Rhoda, haiku two. What do we got? Smoke and weed, sex toys. What are you baffled by? <laughs> Irish don't party? I mean, that is a fair question. <laughs> Uh, they, they usually take their party by the pint, I guess. So it's, <laughs> I like it. Uh, it's a little different lifestyle. 
Um, Willie, let's. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. Uh, <laughs> let's wrap up round three of haiku and it up. Willie Travis, your third haiku. A wise man understands <laughs> to provide for one's homestead, weed, sex, Hennessy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Very good. That's a. <laughs> That's an ancient, Never. ancient Irish, Irish <laughs> maxim, uh, as old as the hills. Well, Hennessy. <laughs> that Hennessy is. is Irish. <laughs> for some reason, I like it. Yeah, for some reason, I want to say Hennessy Irish whiskey, but maybe that's just me. <laughs> Just it added. made five, all right? Yeah. I like it, I like it, I like it. <laughs> Finally, something black culture stole from white culture, huh? <laughs> <laughs> Tables and turn, white man. <laughs> Give it back. <laughs> and John, haiku three. What do we got? All right, the title of this one's called Quick Eulogy. Uh, a legacy gone for what? Rubber dicks? Doobies? This funeral done <laughs> rubber dicks and doobies <laughs> rubber dicks <laughs> my grandfather didn't die for rubber dicks and doobies <laughs> all right Rhoda let's wrap up some haiku and with your last sex toys sex toys weed Dr. Dre said it best Smoke weed every day. <laughs> there it is. Look at that live transition. Oh, yeah, there you guys is. did some stuff, too. Uh, <laughs> well done. Well done with the haikus. Um, segment three. Breaking it back out. Um, I had all but uh, but let everyone off of the hook of Celebration Time, but... Uh, John couldn't come back without a little taste of <laughs> of that medicine. Oh, you still got an easy one. The past. <laughs> but here we go. Segment three, celebration time. Once a day, at least one thing happens. Somebody writes it down, and that's what we like to call history. Tell us how you went and celebrated the following things that happened on this day in history. Willie Travis. Oh, boy. Here we go. <clears throat> on this date in 1990, 42-1 to underdog Buster Douglas knocked out Mike Tyson in the 10th round of their fight in Tokyo to win the world heavyweight title. How have you celebrated this today? We were like it was yesterday, Jesse, honestly. <laughs> um, I was actually consoling the iron champ, Mike, right after the fight. <laughs> Uh, you know, we had worked so hard and, uh, you know, trained so much. Uh, I'm talking late nights in Atlantic City, baby. Uh, up and down a Atlantic Ave, up and down the boardwalk, you know, right to the beach where I'd be riding behind him hard in my pink jumpsuit and bicycle, yelling, up and down, Mike, up and down. Anyway, it was a tough loss for Mike, man. I remember the press conference. He was all, usually I'd, I'd be very not content with the outcome of this fighting boxing match, but I would really like to praise the presence of Allah, my Totino sponsorship, 
and my five-year-old baby trainer who keeps me poised. <laughs> that night, we just took it easy to hit a few local bathhouses, sure. stuffed ourselves with expensive Wagyu beef plates, <laughs> and played PlayStation that wasn't even a thing yet, son. <laughs> We showed Mike the internet. He somehow managed to physically bite down on it. <laughs> we partied with Sam Jackson that night, fresh off of his hot performance in Mo Better Blues. And after it was all said and done, we took it back to the jet, man. Mike fed me, put me down for the night. We just did back to the States. All right. <laughs> That's the, it's the beauty of the age that we live in. <laughs> there was so many questions going through my head. Wait, did Willie freeze? Is he still? <laughs> does he still got more? Is this a Zoom thing? <laughs> Live and direct, baby. I was just waiting. Uh, to this day, to my eternal shame, I still have yet to fell. Tyson in uh, in Punch Out. <laughs> I haven't. Oh, really? I still have not, not not once in my entire. Isn't it life. really hard though? No, I mean, he flashes guess... before the uppercut. He flashes before the uppercut. You gotta... But all of the rest oh, of his yeah. punches are just <laughs> equally as effective. Oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, still to this day, and I have the NES right over there. You know what? Maybe one of these days I just do Keep a marathon. I just do a marathon. <laughs> We're gonna do a marathon stream. Where I don't stop until I beat Mike. Oh, that sounds terrible. <laughs> oh, thank you, Willie. Uh, <laughs> so much time in Atlantic City. That's, <laughs> that's a long flight to get from there to Tokyo. That might have been part of the problem. <laughs> up and down. Up and down. <laughs> oh, out there being <laughs> being the little Mac to Mike. Uh, <laughs> thank you, Willie. John. Oh, I just had to include this one when I saw it. <clears throat> On this exact date, only 115 years apart, Cheryl Crow and Thomas Edison were born in 1962 and 1847, respectively. How might you have been celebrating these events today in tandemly? Well, Jesse... <laughs> Uh, as you know, I'm a huge fan of both of the aforementioned. I mean, who would I be if it weren't for old Tommy Lightbulb and my top commenter badge of the Share Crows, the Cheryl Crow Facebook fan page? I mean, I tell you what, Cheryl Crow is the only crow I recognize from the 90. Fuck you, Brandon Lee. You deserved that inadvertent bullet. Write a song, bro. Okay. Now, if you know anything about, I'm sorry, Rhoda, you seem very offend, offended by that. <laughs> now, if you know anything about Thomas Edison, you'll know that he didn't only have his hand in developing the electric light bulb. He also invented the phonograph. So if it weren't for him, old crow's feet wouldn't have ever been famous enough to bang that one bald tour to fuck face steroid cheat, Lance Livestrong. You got me? So in the spirit of recognizing those who came before me to make my life a little more significant, than it should have been, I decided to spend this most holy day shooting up black tar heroin. That's right. <laughs> Jesse, I've been ingesting H all the live long day as a tribute to my two barons. That's right, barons, my barely parents. Uh -huh. 
<laughs> if it weren't for them two lowlifes slopping their sweaty, wet, junky genitals into one another, I wouldn't be here zooming with my homies tonight, huh? Hey. Anyways, I'm tired now and my tongue is feeling thick. Nighty night. <laughs> Acting. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you, John. As far as he's You're concerned, welcome. you can stop counting crows at one. <laughs> 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 Thomas Edison. All he wants crow. to do is have some fun. <laughs> That's all. He's not the only one. <laughs> you like a good beer buzz early in the morning. That's for sure. <laughs> Given the history <clears throat> of uh, Cheryl Crow references, uh, yeah. this, this was hey. just this was perfect. This is if it makes you happy. <laughs> can't be that bad. No. No. Uh, I want to hear a deeper cut, Rhoda. <laughs> deeper cut. Well, you know, the first cut is the deepest, John. Oh, <laughs> oh, oh. Well, I'm strong enough. <laughs> you know, this is why I tell my mom that I'm not that white. She doesn't understand. <laughs> Willie likes the black crows. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's the litmus test. If you're if you're going to try and get back into a black neighborhood. They stop you at the at a corner and ask you if you can get, tell them a Cheryl Crow song. <laughs> and if you can't, you can get back in the neighborhood. <laughs> yeah, come on, come on. <laughs> Deleted scenes from The Wire. <laughs> <laughs> All right, <laughs> Rhoda, let's wrap up. Uh, celebration time on this date in 1938. BBC Television produces. I didn't think. I, I had to read that a couple times. BBC Television existed in 1938. Did television exist in 1930? Apparently it did. Um, in 1938, BBC Television produces the world's first ever science fiction television program. And I did change that to be spelled the American way and not with an extra <laughs> M and a bullshit E. Uh, <laughs> it was an adaptation of a section of the Carol Capek play R-U-R that coined the term robot. So how then, Rhoda, did you celebrate this today? To celebrate the birth of science fiction television, I met with a group of my closest friends, Winchester Remington Colt, Colt Von Rachen, Renee Lafayette, Joel Blitz, and Legionnaire 148. Google all of this people. <laughs> It's Al Ron Hubbard, all of them are. <laughs> we get ready for the big event. We played a round of D&D &D for a good 10 hours and read some pulp magazine. Then from there, we all talked about our hopes and dreams, which included kissing a girl soon. Good times. I was not as inspired for that one. I'm sorry. Oh, that's <laughs> that's all, right. all I got. <laughs> that's all right. Um... <laughs> The thing about that one is it's going to have... have done so, I could have done so much better for that one, I feel. I feel like I let everybody down. That's all right. Um, I was going to say, this, okay, your, your response to that is actually going to have longer and farther reaching repercussions. Since you mentioned L. Ron Hubbard, we're now on uh, like we're, done. we're on calling lists <laughs> for the Church of Scientology. Um, you, you just say it out loud and you get a phone call the next day. And you can never get away from it. <laughs> If you say L. Ron Hubbard three times in a bathroom, Tom Cruise appears. <laughs> and, he, and he jumps up and down on your sofa. 
All right. Well, enjoy all the mailers you guys are going to get about Dianetics in the morning. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> on to segment four. Ah, versus v versus. Yes. Good times. Looking forward to it. I, how about I just get out of my own way and read it? Uh, fighting. It's all our weird reptilian brain thinks about when it's not wondering where to find food or fearing its own mortality. We love to imagine make-believe fights between the... N <laughs> I think that was supposed to be most. <laughs> the nose. Uh, <laughs> let's we, <laughs> we like to imagine make-believe fights between the most nonsensical things. And so in Versus v Versus, you're tasked with giving me the rundown of some pretty standard imaginary battle scenarios. So tell me who would win in a confrontation between the following how, why, huh, what, etc. Willie Travis, let me in on your thought process <clears throat> as to who would win in a fight between a village of giant Smurfs versus an army of miniature Godzilla. And I figured Godzilla was the plural of Godzilla. So. <laughs> that was a solid choice you made. Yeah. Um, yeah, look, giant Smurfs and mini Godzillas, right? Okay. Um, one thing is people, you know, don't realize about Smurfs is that uh, they're excellent strategists and uh, they're smartest Smurf, man, all right? <laughs> underestimated because of their size for years like you don't think that they're i mean you don't think that they're putting their most rugged and toughest up front like you already know that papa smurf is there and he has, just has to drop some names and they're up front battle ready clumsy grouchy vanity jokey it's over son <laughs> brainy on the battle plan taylor smurf out here crafting sturdy ass combat suits with vents for airflow and shit Harmony Smurf over here composing a fucking war chant, just empowering groups of my Smurfers. I mean, the fight really won't, like, wouldn't have any highlights, man, because it would be a breeze, like stepping on an army of Legos, you know what I mean? Like, Dr. Smurf would be so bored. You know, what are Godzilla going to do again? Like, I think, like, one collective bite? What? I don't, it's, it's Smurfs in one, man. I'm sorry. Uh -huh. Oh, man, I didn't even think about how one-sided that was. <laughs> and I also like to think that uh, there was no Wikipedia involved and you had all of those Smurf names <laughs> off the top oh, yeah. of your head. <laughs> yeah, all of them but Vanity. Yeah. They forget you Vanity. You said Taylor Smurf. I was like, Taylor Swift? <laughs> Taylor Swift Smurf? <laughs> They're both related. I mean, if they relaunched them today... <laughs> it would look exactly like a girl Smurf, except for she'd have like a cardigan on or something. <laughs> I heard that there was a uh, lady Smurf. Lady Smurf. <laughs> lady Smurf. Oh, thank you, Willie. Clear cut, uh, cut and dry. Other things that include the word cut. John. Yeah. <laughs> let's hear this Titanic struggle. Who would win in a battle between your 20s versus your 30s? Oh, boy. <laughs> it's time. One of two one-minute-ish minute rounds of slappy big talk bitch battle action brought to you by a lifetime of insecurity, imposter syndrome, 
and a heaping dollop of childhood trauma. <laughs> Fighting out of the red corner, weighing in at a freakishly fast metabolism with a record of never winning nothing and almost getting financially ahead for a month, the undisputed, reigning, whining and crying, prime victim of the financial crash of 2008, Johnny looks like Bones Jones in his 20s. <laughs> And in the blue adjacent octagon notch, weighing in at burritos and beer with a record of finally kept the same job for two years straight and very close to his second divorce, fighting out of crippling depression and unhappiness, the former person with a dream, John actually believes in his heart he's done having babies raw in his 30s. <laughs> Action starts. Your referee is Rastafari and Herb Dean. <laughs> Let's go to the commentators. Well, it looks like we're hearkening back to the early days of MMA as we usually don't see these two extreme weight classes fighting one another. 20s Ross looks good and he seems to be filled with the anxiety of losing his Christian faith. In that respect, he may fight as he has nothing to lose. Whereas 30s Ross has dad strength, coupled with the sheer rage of holding his marriage together for the kids. His weight, paired with the fact that his wife is physically abusive, gives him the <laughs> advantage of being battle-tested with spar daily sparring sessions. I think we're going to give this one to 30s Ross. <laughs> bing, bing, bing. There we go. <laughs> I, if, if I know anything from, from writing this show for, for years, um, <laughs> I would say uh, after all of that, how it was building up, uh, John suddenly looked up, realized this got real and sad. Let's end this prompt. <laughs> <laughs> I could write pages more, but oh man, this isn't good. <laughs> I think 30s wins anyway. <laughs> yeah. 30s is a more focused rage. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, well done, John. Ever, and all of those would kill 40s, John. <laughs> <laughs> Well, it's more comfortable. All right. All right. Well done. So good. Now, uh, Rhoda. Mm -hmm. Yes. So this one I actually wrote uh, probably months ago, just on a walk. Um, I didn't have anybody to use it for. I didn't. I don't know. I just thought I'd trot this out here. I looked back in my list of old, <laughs> old unused prompts. Mm -hmm. uh, <laughs> so Rhoda. Everybody strap in for a second. Hold on. Who would win in I'm a fight? I'm going to take out my cigarette, my prop cigarette. <laughs> Who would win in a fight between a John Stamos body pillow powered by your own insecurities versus an acid-spitting mechanical bull with chainsaw horns fueled by your self-confidence? <laughs> <laughs> I did my best. I did my best, Jones. Here we go. There's a lot. There's a lot going on here. I'll, I'll right. freely admit. Yeah. Let me get my game face on. I'm glad I didn't get that problem. <laughs> <laughs> it was a foggy day on that hill, one in which I'd seen a million times since I'd arrived. Growing up as a boy, I had a wild imagination, reenacting the glory that I thought was war. Now as a soldier, I'd let my imagination drift to home. Imagination and daydreams become so sweet and simple when you live in a nightmare. 
When Timmy's arm got blown off, he kept calling for his mother. I found myself thinking of mine. That night, I dreamt of home. Home where I had a girl, Marie. Marie was an English major at Mills College and let me touch her breasts, but she'd never let me take her bra off. She'd stab me just above the clasp of her maiden form brassiere made with soft cream lace. She'd bought it while shopping at Woolworths with her mother and her sister, Penny. Penny was a promiscuous girl and more fun than Marie. But Marie was much prettier. She'd make a better wife. No, she'd say with a girlish laugh at my continued attempts to undo the last clasps. So close to heaven. Not until we're married. I always found myself irritated at her piousness, but admired her nobility. I was thinking about the curve of her body when the first bomb went off. It was then our enemy, John Stamos' body pillow, with a full arsenal of insecurity-powered weapons. Deadly weapons, powered by thoughts like, am I funny enough? Am I aging gracefully? And those people definitely think I'm stupid, don't they? How could they not? I am stupid. I'm an old, big, fat, ugly, stupid idiot who deserves to be ridiculed. Their initial power was so strong and forceful, I didn't even have time to see the shrapnel of, am I pulling this outfit off? Or why am I so sweaty? Are those crow's feet? Does he think my body's weird? I knew we'd be annihilated. Our secret weapon. The mechanical bull with chainsaw horns spitting acid was no equal match against this force. I learned it the hard way when I was forced to take the bull by the horns in an attempt to gain some control. Hard as I tried, it was a futile attempt. The power of today's outfits on fleek and <laughs> my eyebrows look pretty dope today were no match for the ever-growing and consuming thoughts of insecurity. How can you destroy an army assembled on a foundation of lifelong daddy issues? <laughs> The answer is, you can't. No matter how much money you spend on clothes or how many Bill Hicks albums you buy to fit in with the dude comics. <laughs> it was hopeless. I might as well have been throwing darts at a tank. When all was said and done, there were all but three of the battalions survived that fight. They didn't even bother to take us as prisoners. They knew driving that bull home on an empty tank would be worse than any torture they could inflict on us. Some of that spewed acid scorched me. I got to go home, but I was never the same. I could never return home. I was never the same man. <laughs> it only existed in my daydreams. <laughs> oh man! Oh. <laughs> wow! I tried. <laughs> so that was that, that was wonderful. Um, I. I can only just imagine it in in like a, a ratty, tattered <laughs> paperback pulp novel. <laughs> oh. I think I leaned in closer to the camera <laughs> as it was going up. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was so good. So good. All right. Um, that's your guys' job. You somebody clip that. I can't clip that. It's already gone. Uh <laughs> <laughs> that brings us to segment five. Oh, already? I know. It's fine. We're all going to be fine. Um, because that's still 20% of the show. Think about it that way. I don't know why I'm trying to <coughs> console you. Um, segment five, Department of Tourism. Someday we'll be able to go places again. I promise. No, don't cry. We will. <laughs> you know, probably. And when people are allowed to go somewhere... 
you're going to want them to go straight to your where. As the newly appointed tourism director of the following places, give us your best pitch for why we should want to come visit or move to your town. Willie Travis. <clears throat> All right. <laughs> if there's a wheelhouse that exists, I imagine... <laughs> Here we are. <laughs> Willie Travis. The deep cut, man. <laughs> <laughs> Let's hear your pitch. Try and get us to want to visit PS2 Lahoma. <laughs> PS2 Lahoma, if you come here, you'll never want to stay. Just kidding. There are infinite possibilities here at PS2 Lahoma. For C, we have no relation to Oklahoma because Sony officially purchased the entire state. And let's just say everyone there was paid to have gone missing. <laughs> In PS2 Lahoma, you get to visit a place that has a specific love for the second generation console. With so much to see and do, we guarantee that you'll have a blast all over the state of consciousness of a 15-year-old sophomore whose life revolved around the PS2 and tips and tricks magazine subscriptions. <laughs> Visit Memory Island where you can make decisions based solely on video games and, and not be concerned about social status or physical in real life females. Visit the sprawling town of Blockbuster where every night we ensure that you will leave with something that you regret and be stuck with for four days. Visit our internet cafes spread throughout the entire state, all well-equipped with 56K connections to ensure you that this is amazing for this time period. <laughs> and we can't complete a guide of PS2 Lahoma without mentioning our Leisure Suit Larry Lounge, <laughs> a place composed and modeled after an M-rated game that came out for the PS2 and had titties in it. <laughs> Please visit us here at PS2 Lahoma, where when you're here, your family. When you're here, your family is the trademark of Olive Gardening. We do not own the rights to said words or unlimited breadsticks. Please visit us on the web at www.ps2lahoma-oh-my-god-is-a-real-website.gov. <laughs> Thank you, Willie Travis. <clears throat> PS2 Lahoma. Oh, <laughs> So many tips and tricks magazine. Uh, <laughs> Willie, how can folk uh, enjoy some more Willie Travis at their leisure outside of the confines of this episode of the Stab Show? Willie, listen, man, we we're on we're we're on the book faces, the books of phase Facebook. Sure. We're uh, Podbean dot com. Check us out on there. We have episodes. Um, you know, we're going to be pumping out more, man. So. Nice. Yes. Always good to hear. Well, thanks for joining us tonight, Willie. Over to John. John, John, John. Let's see. <laughs> um, I'm pretty sure we haven't used I don't know. I like to try and check, but I don't think we've used this. Um, <laughs> let's hear. Never stop me. Yeah. Well, <laughs> there's a lot of work. Um, <laughs> ugh, just trying to remember everything. Um, let's hear your pitch to want to make us visit the Razzle Dazzle Islands. The Razzle Dazzle <laughs> Islands. Welcome to the Razzle Dazzle yeah. Islands. 
record scratch. Just <laughs> kidding, everyone. <laughs> You're safe here at the Razzle Dazzle Islands. Oh, man. Here at the Razzle Dazzle Islands, we welcome you with open arms. Psych, we welcome you here, but not with open arms. We welcome you with, where's the ball? Where'd it go? It's in my shirt, you fucking idiot. Razzle Dazzle. Seriously, though, you're going to love it here. Uh, just keep your head up at all times, as it may be struck uh, hard by a rogue red, white, and blue basketball that ricocheted off a rim after a missed half-court hook shot. Ouchie. Recover from that concussion by taking a stroll through our luscious lemon orchard on the east end of town, which doubles as a wildlife sanctuary for the endangered meadowlark. Mm -hmm. Sure, he died in 2015, <laughs> but we don't want people picking at his corpse. What's that? No, there's... There's, there's not, there hasn't been that many sex crimes to happen here on the island of Razzle Dazzle. Uh, I mean, except for the 100% illegal cases we've lost from jokingly pulling down people's pants and exposing <laughs> their red heart pattern shaped boxers. <laughs> Razzle Dazzle. It was just a joke. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> That's the equivalent of getting caught peeing in public, right? Here at our islands, we are self-reliant. Uh, as we see no need for any government oversight, uh, the only representatives you'll ever see here are a bunch of dumb old white senators uh, who double as firefighters and local junior college area professors <laughs> razzle-dazzle their dumb. In conclusion, uh, there is one rule here, though, uh, and that is that you never play a regular game of basketball. Uh, if you ever call foul or try to enforce a traveling call, you'll be asked to leave and return to the Carnival cruise ship and never come back. Razzle-dazzle. <laughs> John finding a way <laughs> out of the bag of razzle-dazzle. Well done. Thank you. <laughs> Wasn't going to guess the sweet Georgia Brown escape. but uh, <laughs> It was but, either that or a, a gambling game. <laughs> an illegal gambling game. I think that worked. I wasn't expecting the Globetrotters, but really, you never are. Uh, <laughs> unless it's it downtime. <laughs> How long is that ball going to spin on that finger? All right. Uh, <laughs> Just wanted to showcase my whistling. That's sure. really the only reason. <laughs> well done, John. Uh, where can folk check in with john morris ross the fourth out on the the webs or the the, the wares or the house well you could go to my instagram at john morris ross iv look at pictures of me and my family Ooh. and there it is <laughs> all right nothing That's more it. nothing nothing on the horizon that you want to oh. want to promote or anything actually go to john morris ross iv.com it's my blog called the go. circumference of meats uh, and it's just random uh, writing about uh, things that oh. you might, uh, you know, like. I don't know. Yeah. Well, awesome. Well, thank there you, John. Good to have you. Good to have you back. Uh, yeah. Good to have had you. Thank yeah. You. <laughs> well done. <laughs> well done. Uh, and Rhoda, uh, since mm -hmm. we like to get the plugs mm -hmm. out of the way and go out on a bang, Rhoda, where can folk uh, enjoy more Rhoda D. Ramon in the future? Mm -hmm. 
You can find me on Instagram and on Twitter, just at Rhoda underscore Ramon for everything. Oh, must be nice. <laughs> must be nice to, <laughs> to have uniform handles. Must be Uniformity nice. Uniformity and effectiveness in everything I do. <laughs> well, some of us, some of us had our handles scooped up uh, 10 years ago by a, by a guy working at a pizza place in Texas that hasn't tweeted for 10 years. All right. Uh, <laughs> I'm not bitter, and I don't mention that often on this show. So, Rhoda. You handle it with grace. I do. I like to think so. Rhoda, let's wrap up this episode. Your Department of Tourism, make us, make us want to visit Promsylvania. Have you been stuck inside the house for the past year with nowhere to go and no one to touch? Well, throw on your best banks and pasties and head down to Pennsylvania. Hi, everyone. My name is Phoebe Wellbranger Barger Sanchez. And I just want to let you know about the beautiful insight of Pennsylvania. Before your trip, you'll get your hair done by a woman who has no idea how to deal with your Mexican girl hair. You'll leave the salon in tears, but fear not because your mom knows a quirky friend who can fix that and do your makeup just before you board for your trip. Right when you get off the plane, you'll get a nice little corsage that makes you sneeze. And if you're a sweet little handsome fella, you get a boutonniere. Then you'll jump into a limo and get some world-class cuisine at the Cheesecake Factory. Be careful, though. You want to make sure not to mess up those fancy clothes or they'll be held to pay to your parents. <laughs> After all, they sacrificed so much to get you that pretty dress. Don't be so ungrateful. Just because it's not a Jessica McClintock. <laughs> Millennials will get that reference. <laughs> After a year of no physical contact and having to spend time indoors, come down to the city center where there'll be strobe lights and a dance floor. Once the lights go down, put your hand on a stranger's shoulder and let them put them hands on your hips and sway back and forth to Savage Gardens truly madly deeply. <laughs> Don't worry. He only likes you as a friend. So the expectations are low. The after disco can take a quiet car ride back to your hotel, kick off your shoes and try to sleep so still so you can keep rocking that eye makeup and your hairdo for at least another day because that's what Promsylvania is all about. Promsylvania, come join us. It's not overrated at all. <laughs> Thank you, Rhoda. And that was the Stab Show. Thank you for joining us tonight. And especially thank you to our wonderful panel, Willie Travis, John Ross, and Rhoda Ramon. If you like what you are, if, ah, if you'd like to be here in the chat being occasionally recognized and referenced during the live Stab Show, then you just need to tune into Stab Comedy Theater TV Thursday nights at 8 p.m. But if you'd prefer to maintain your anonymity, then you can still enjoy this and the other 253 episodes available through your podcast outlet of choice, be it Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or Podknife. Either way, that's all we've got for tonight. Until next time, I've been your host, Jesse Jones, reminding you, you miss all the shots you don't take, and nobody likes you sober. Good night! <laughs>